broadcasting live from the R&R studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. It's time to tackle the top headlines of the day. I got blasted. This is 3 and Out. All right, Vinny and Lincoln, are you guys ready for some 3 and Out? Let's do it. All right, man. They know the most talkative man in sports. He's never going to let anything slide. If you come and diss him on Twitter, we're going to switch it up a little bit. And we're going to basketball because Kevin Durant, he's always got something to say. Him and Draymond Green had a bit of a sit down, a heart to heart, you know, hashing out, you know, all those old feelings, you know, setting the record clear. You guys interested in Kevin Durant and Draymond Green? I watched, I watched it twice. You, you, oh, okay. I didn't say it. So, yeah, hit me, hit me, hit me up. Let's, uh, let's go. In my opinion, after year two, you were over it. You were done with it, and you were on to the next thing. And in my mind, what brought you back to Golden State for year three was just the opportunity to three-peat. But it, it didn't feel right for you no more. Am I right, wrong? That's just a talk around me the last few years. And before I got to Golden State, I was just happy-go-lucky, like just bright-eyed to the experience, not knowing what was ahead. By first year, I knew exactly what we needed to do in order for us to win every night. I knew what my role was to the T. Teams before, I didn't quite know what my role was every night. Did I have to be the scorer? Did I have to be the facilitator? I knew exactly what my role was, and I locked on it with so much focus and determination to not f- around every day. And you've seen it. From workouts to practices, shoot-arounds, film, I was super locked in and it made people on the outside look at me like, hold on, is he enjoying this? When I dive into something like that, with that level of focus, I don't want to be anywhere else in life. That's the most enjoyable experience I ever had after that first one. Don't worry, there's more, but your thoughts on that first bit there? Um, well, uh, yeah, I, I watched that interview and, um, you know, there, you, I'm sure you're going to get into more on, on, on kind of what happened and what led to the, the departure. But, you know, I, I take Kevin Durant at his, at his word. He felt like he had completed his mission with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he still gave it his all. And, and let's face it, had he stayed healthy, they beat the Toronto Raptors. I don't want to hear any nonsense that the Toronto Raptors were going to beat a healthy Golden State Warriors team. They, I'm not going to say got lucky. It's always the last man standing. That's what championships are all about. But the Golden State Warriors were the better team than the Toronto Raptors. Um, and, and they were that close to, to uh, winning an elusive third straight championship. But even had they won that championship, I think Kevin Durant had finished his, completed his mission with the Golden State Warriors and wanted a new challenge in life. And I don't mind that uh, about him. If that's, you know... I, I, I always say this, Lincoln, be true to yourself. If that's what you want, if, you're, if you want your career to be about different challenges, uh, different cities, different markets, different lifestyle uh, changes, then, then follow that path. We, we're on this earth for a short period of time. Live your life on your terms, not anyone else's terms. You know, KD is one of the most dominant players in the National Basketball Association. And with his size and his skill set, he really sets himself apart about what he is capable and what he can do. But I think everyone realizes that as long as he was on the Golden State Warriors squad, that was going to be Steph Curry's team or that was going to be Klay Thompson's team or it was going to be somebody else. The focus was not going to be necessarily be on KD. He had it at Oklahoma City, but they weren't able to win the championship. 
So he got his his thrill of winning rings by going to Golden State, and he wanted to do it on his. He wanted to set himself aside. In my opinion, that's the reason why he took his he took his bags and and, and went to Brooklyn. Now, city wants guests to see where they're going to go putting those teams together. But it's just it, it's to me the the biggest. I guess my biggest argument against KD has been don't allow the childish BS to put you aside or to get you out of character. This is a guy who gets caught up with people who say about a, on his Twitter account and social media like DeMond was talking about. And what other people are saying always seems to resonate in his head. And he's too good of a player to allow that to, to, to pull him apart. So I'm not mad at him for packing his bags. I, I don't think that, that Golden State would ever have been his team. Brooklyn is now his team. They still have to translate that and make that into winning a, a winning combination. All right, and here's what he had to say about that. Remember that argument, that sideline argument, like in the huddle, where people were like, "Oh, that's." They knew that that's when he was leaving there. So here's Draymond and Katie talking about that. From my own personal sanity, because I've been getting kicked ever since you left. So just for my own personal sanity, how much did our argument against the Clippers drive you to ultimately lead the Warriors? It wasn't the argument. It was the. The way that everybody, Steve Kerr, act like it didn't happen. Bob Myers and tried to just discipline you and think that that would put the mask over everything. I really felt like that was such a big situation for us as a group. The first time we went through something like that, we had to get that all out. I remember watching the last dance, and when Scotty didn't go into the game, the whole team in the locker room said, Scotty, that was up that you did that. We needed that. We just need to throw all of that out on the table and say, yo, Dre, okay, like, that was up that we even had to go through that. Let's just wipe our hands with that and go f go finish the task. I don't think we did that and we tried to dance around it. I just didn't like how all of that, just the vibe between all of that, it just made it weird to me. And I'd rather us be who we say we are, family first. Communication is key. Like, I, we didn't show that, and I, that's what rubbed me the wrong way more than anything. Uh, well, um, you know, he's uh, he's definitely um, putting it out there. But you know what? The Warriors may not have handled that correctly. And like he said, be honest about it. Be open about it. He wanted kind of a clearing of the air. Let's 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 deal with it openly and honestly. It happened. There's no getting around the fact that it happened. The whole world saw it. So why are we pretending like it didn't happen? It's almost like uh, they were trying to treat them like kids, like, you know, uh, uh, just just pretend like it didn't happen and, and we'll just move on. There's nothing wrong with a healthy conversation, sitting both players down and talking about it. Uh, Jerry West was a master, and Pat Riley um, were masters at that. If there's a problem, let's deal with it head on, face on. Don't worry about feelings. Don't worry about um, you know uh, anything else. Let's let's deal with it and let's get it fixed. But the last thing you want to do is pretend like it didn't happen. And obviously, that rubbed uh, uh, KD the wrong way, and that was ultimately what helped grease the wheels for him to exit, which was the last thing they wanted. But by trying to sweep it under the rug, they almost guaranteed that that's exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where teammates fight all the time, and you kind of saw the the, 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 the 
the friction was rubbing, you know, a number of guys the wrong way. And I, I think, you know, it's fair to say that it probably escalated his departure out of there. But the writing was on the wall long before that fight even took place, that he was he was probably going to be go elsewhere and, and, and rightfully so. All right, all right, all right. Man, I was expecting some more heat from you there, Lincoln, but yeah. No, no, I mean, <laughs> no, Vinny, Vinny said, took the words right out of my mouth, exactly what I thought when I saw it. And when I saw it happen and hearing him talk about it, I mean, you know, it's like water under the bridge. There's really nothing to reflect on. But you kind of saw it when it happened, before it happened. You heard the rumors and you heard about, you know, Katie's departure is probably going to go elsewhere. Just didn't know where else he was going to go. I mean, because people like me had given him so much of an issue for jumping on a winning team's coattails instead of doing what he should have done in, in Oklahoma City. You know, stay put and, and made it work there, but that, that's how he is. Let's see what we're made of right here. All right, let's go. We can't hope. We got to go do. Hey, show me what champions do. All right, guys. Now, we've been talking about training camp fights all day. You know, it's been happening, but also I brought this up on Unnecessary Roughness, and I want to get I just want to bring this up because it's fun for me. We had Antonio Brown. He had the fight there in Tampa Bay, too, where he punched Chris Jackson in the face. It's like when punches are actually thrown, is that a problem in training camp where we have people like helmets off, punches are actually landed in that way? It, is it something that actually needs to be taken care of when someone actually gets hit? It, uh, what was I didn't hear the last very part. Is, is it something is it, that is it like do like should there be fines or punishment when someone actually gets hit in like the in the face instead of just like a brouhaha of guys pushing and shoving? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, if you if you hurt somebody, it's hard. I mean, you're not going to be able to like the other team can't find you and i don't think that the nfl uh is 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 in any position to to find somebody for something that happens in a joint practice unless it's so egregious that every camera catches it and it's like borderline criminal uh but short of that i yeah i don't i don't i, I don't think that you know anyone can should be able to just step in and, and levy some sort of a penalty if the team itself feels like hey, we need to either reel you in or that was just way out of line, uh, then obviously the team has has uh, the ability to, to maybe do something about it. But yeah, I don't... I And Lincoln, can you imagine anything happening that would be so egregious in one of these kind of practices that it would result in that kind of discipline? I'm sure it's possible, but I've never seen it. And, I, you know, so, so nothing that I've seen so far would warrant anything beyond just, you know... Um, a little slap on the wrist or blow the whistle and finish practice or, or, or go sit on the side for a couple of a couple of reps. I don't really know what I... could what, what could be done. I mean, what, if you're going to fight, fight. I mean, let's face it. Look, I'm, I'm not here to just pull on your jersey. If I'm, if I'm going to fight you, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> it's, it's a good, right. grown man going at it. You know what I mean? But I'm not really sure what could be done by any standpoint. Look, I, it, look I, I, I've seen in my career, in my time, I've seen where a fight went way too far. Uh, I, you know, I was there when Romanowski broke the uh, broke the, the face of the, one of our tight ends uh, in in in, uh, in in practice. I mean, so I, I that to me is a little that's a little too far. And as a matter of fact, it affected the guy's career; he never played again. Um, that's right. too far. But let's face it: when I mean, let's be honest, when men fight, if you're going to fight, fight. Don't just push around. Huh? No, no, fight. And I just think it's dumb for people to try to, you know, take a a, 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 a hand and hit somebody in the helmet or hit somebody try to hit with their helmet on. I mean, come on, 
That, that's how you break a hand. You dumbass, take the helmet off. If you can't get the helmet off, then you don't belong fighting. I mean, but let's just think. You're, you're out there. You're fighting. You're fighting. Let's fight. So, you know, uh, but in, in regards to what the team can do discipline-wise, I don't really know what you can do other than break the fight up and, and you know, sit the uh, opposing players down. Or, or in this case, like we were talking about with practice, you know, the, the practice is over. The joint practice is over. I don't know, because that's one of the things to me. It's always so funny that, you know, it's the fights where it's like, well, how much damage are you really going to do because you can't hit anybody because they got the helmet on? And then, like, you see, like, I didn't see a video, but just the still picture of Antonio Brown actually clocking someone is like, oh, no, that now that's an actual fight. Right. It's like it's surprising seeing it because you're just like, okay, they're pushing and shoving. What are they really going to do? I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised. Like, oh, no, he actually connected with somebody. Now I'm like, that's that's a real fight. Yeah. Now I'm like that. That's serious because it's just like, are they going to have another joint practice tomorrow? Do you just blow it off, or are you just like, he got me today, and we just forget about it tomorrow? Well, you know, if there was an if there's an injury that occurred from that fight, from that you know punch, like a serious injury, and, and Lincoln, we lost Fanny. Oh, I think we did, but yeah, I don't know, Lincoln. Maybe that's just me, like. I'm like, man, I, ain't, I can't just come. I, I can't just let. I can't just let that slide. Somebody punch me in the face. Maybe. Well, I mean, look, I've seen. I've seen fights carry over from the field. You know, the practice field to the locker room, and that's. You know, I mean, I, I've seen that happen when two guys just don't get along. But um, I mean, it, it to me, it's it's foolish if you're going to sit there and try to fight somebody when they're in full gear. And try to hit their helmet or hit their shoulder pads or hit their. Ch- I mean, you're not getting any. You're not getting any substantial blows in. That's dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's it's just exactly. it's foolish. It's foolish. We lost you there, Vinny. Go ahead and finish your point. No, I, I'm I'm totally agreeing with you. And and you know when you start talking about the fights that that roll over uh, into the locker room, um, I don't know if you've ever played anybody who's played football uh, to, to the level where there's a locker room involved and there's a fight in the locker room. I don't even want to talk about some of the things that I've seen when, like, two naked dudes start fighting and stuff like that. I'm sure Lincoln... That's a no-no. That's a no-no. You got to put on some clothes. You can't be naked fighting. That's a no-no. Exactly. That's like... And then, because you know what? That's that's a fight till the death. Exactly. (laughs) To go break that damn thing up. True story. True story. I am not breaking up that. (laughs) I'm so happy he's on my team. It's a heavyweight belt, bro. That's a fight. Yeah, you can tell he's uh, getting a little more comfortable playing right tackle, um, you know, because the footwork is a little different from, from college. And I actually had a talk with him yesterday. I was like, man, this is not college where either you got a fast guy or you got a, a powerful guy. Like, these dudes can do it both, you know what I'm saying? And they can do it at a high level. So he's just, it's just about comfortability for him. He's, he's getting in the flow of things, um, and he, he's starting to look a lot better. All right, Vinny, we're going to finish out here. Lincoln, it's your old position. But, Vinny, what have you been seeing so far from Alex Leatherwood out of camp? Um, he looks like a guy that belongs. I, I don't know if, if there's a better way to explain uh, this, Lincoln, uh, but from day one, he feels like he's been a veteran player out there. No doubt there's there's been some hits and misses, as there are with veteran players. <laughs> like, like right now, you're not going to win every battle. You're not going to win every rep. You're not going to, you know, there, there will be some mental errors from time to time. Uh, but he quickly moves on from anything he does wrong. Um, and and usually doesn't make the same mistake again, uh, and and you know he keeps like like Josh was talking about. You know it's a it's a pretty big move moving from the left side to the right side. I've talked to Lincoln about this, and Lincoln has said that he's more he's he, long range. That's his position. But exactly. There's still a little bit of a transition because he's not played it before. So so that part of it 
is still something that he's refining and working on. But I think long range, like Lincoln said, that's his spot. And from what we've seen so far in Lincoln, he just feels like the guy belongs and and, uh, he, he fits right in. There is nothing that's more gratifying when the day you're drafted, a coach or the, a person in position to draft you says you're going to be our starting tackle. I, 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 exper- I experienced that feeling when I was drafted by the Falcons because Ken Hirock, who drafted me, he was the team president of the Atlanta Falcons, said eventually it's going to be you and Bob Whitfield are going to be our bookends. You're our bookends of the future. And so that's rewarding. That, just, that, that pumps some air into your chest. And for Alex Leatherwood, when he was drafted, I'm sure during the conversation between him, Mayock, and Gruden, uh, somebody said, or even Cable, you're going to be our starting right tackle. He knew he had the position the day he was drafted. And the moment he walked through that facility, walked in that facility, he was the new starting right tackle. He knew it. And so far, what I've seen out of the practice ex- excerpts, what I've seen out of the Seahawks game and everything else, he's taken that challenge full head on, and he's trying to be the best he can be. Now, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be some times he gets beat. Look, everybody gets beat in this business. All right? It's, it's not that solid. It's not that easy. But the fact is is that Leatherwood has taken the, 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 the challenge on the chin. As Jacobs pointed out, you know, making that transition. He's, he's a four-year starter. So it's just getting comfortable in the offense, getting comfortable with the speed of the game. That's going to be an ever-learning thing when you're in the National Football League. And I'm just happy for that young man because he fits. He, he is where he belongs right now. He is the starting right tackle of the, of the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think um, he fits on it, – it's like he, he's, he seems to be cut out of that Raider offensive lineman um, uh, cloth. You know what I'm saying, Lincoln? Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've gotten that. I don't know if you've gotten that. Um, well, I felt it when they drafted him. him. Yeah, I, I felt that he, he's one. He's he's definitely cut for the position. Yep. And that was three and out. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It's fun because, like I said, I normally don't even strap on my helmet for practice because we don't, we thug, but we don't hit hard enough. You know what I'm saying? So we came out there, we got a little physical. It was just made it fun for me. It, it felt like a game. Um, and it really brought the energy and the juice to practice that we needed. Um, so I, it's, it's been fun to me. I can't really wait till the season starts. I, I don't know how this preseason going to go, like if, I, if I'm a player or not, but I'm ready for the season to start for sure. That was Josh Jacobs talking today um, after Raiders practice. And, and Lincoln, it was, you know how it is in these. You, don't, you still don't talk to, you know, or tackle to the ground. Uh, that's, that's off limits. There's none of that uh, going on. Uh, in these types of practices. But you look at a guy like Josh Jacobs, Lincoln, and he's such a physical runner. That's kind of his bread and butter. Um, you, you wonder sometimes, is it easy when or, or hard to turn it on when the games start, uh, when you haven't had been able to kind of brace yourself and prepare yourself and strengthen yourself uh, for the actual hitting that goes on in an in a actual game? I think it's tough. I mean, I, I think it's, in my opinion, Vinny, I think it's almost impossible because you cannot, you know, it's the equivalent to me of taking a basketball player and not letting him have a shoot around 
or you know what I'm saying, or to, to get warmed up. I mean, you, you, in order to play football, you have to play football. Football is a physical game. As an offensive lineman, how am I going to prepare for another 300-pound defensive lineman coming at me if we don't hit? If we don't, you know, simulate that, whether – and it's not necessarily you have to go to the ground. I'm not talking about full tackle, but I'm talking about full speed. I want you to bring your best so I know how to play against your best. And, and you know, when you talk about somebody who's physical as a runner like Jacobs, who's hard to bring down, you look at his history in the league, there, was rare, there were rare, rare times where one guy was tackling him. It had to be multiple guys. He's used to that physicality and physical nature of running up against guys. And the only way you can do that, second that, is to play the game of football. So, you know, they, they talk about, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in preseason. I, I would feel, honestly, I would feel bad if I didn't play a little bit in preseason. I'm not saying you have to play the whole game as a starter. I'm not saying it. But, look, let me get out there. Let me hit somebody. And that's what they're generating by having these practices against the Rams. You know what's so great um, about what you just said, Lincoln? We're actually there. There actually is an option of whether to play guys or not in the preseason. If you remember this time last year, there was no preseason. Right. It was just. I mean, what a crazy year! I still think about that and just kind of shake my head. I don't ever want to go through another year like that uh, covering the NFL. But but I think you're right, and I think that you know uh, I wanted to actually wanted to throw this uh, uh, by you. The they didn't move the schedule around or anything like this with that 17th game. All they simply did was add a 17th game um, to the schedule. So they play one week longer than they did mm-hmm. in the past. They're not mm-hmm. starting any earlier. They're not, it's just the, the uh, it, it's everything's extended by one week. However, um, even the preseason stayed the same. The third game is where the third game always felt. And the third game historically has always been that game, that dress rehearsal where your starters are going to kind of play maybe uh, into the into that second half or at least through the first half. And I got to ask you this um, as it relates to the Raiders and, and some other teams. Now, especially with two weeks off between that third preseason game, because remember, they just cut the fourth preseason game out. And, right. and so that's an empty week now. It's just a practice week. So the fact that there's two weeks between that third preseason game and the season opener, don't you think it's somewhat meaningful for some of these starters to get some time out there on the third, at least in the third game? I I would have thought it would be meaningful to get some the starters out in the first game. The the, the first game. I mean, look, the the typical routine used to be is that the first game we we would play like a series, the second game we play like two series, the third preseason game we would play like a half starters. Referring to starters. And then the fourth preseason game, we were out. It was mainly your backups and stuff like that who were, and people who were trying to make the team. That's the way it went. By not having any of that, not getting any of that, and I don't know what the Raiders, you know, are going to do, but what I've seen so far out of a lot of teams not playing their starters, I think it's a huge disadvantage for the players. I know you're trying to protect them from injury. I get that. But there's times where you just got to let them, you got to go play. I mean, it's a game after all. If you leave it up to the first month of the season to get your players in game shape, then you, that's why, in my opinion, over the last couple of years, you've had so many big guys with soft tissue injuries. Once upon a time, fat guys never pulled a hamstring, Vinny, or a right. groin. You know, that never happened. But you, all of a sudden, you try to turn it on, on like a light. You go and you put them out there for four quarters. You put them out there for full speed contact in a game without having 
that type of sort of uh, callous buildup, if you will, that you use the preseason for and everything else, they're not really hitting in practice anymore. So where do you where do you where do you demonstrate that? Where do you get that? Where do you get that full speed of playing the game? How do you do it? You do it in joint practices, you do it in scrimmages. Yeah, you could you should be doing it in preseason games. My brother, uh, this was a few years ago, um, decides he's going to go play some softball. It was a it was a competitive softball league, right? Uh-huh. And you know we'd all played baseball up through high school and everything like that. And so uh, he's like, what? I mean, how hard can it be, right? You know, it's just a softball game. I'm like, hey, man, make sure you stretch, make right. sure you get, you know, he rips a ball down, you know, the third base line and takes off for first base within three steps. I kid you not, he tore a hamstring. Absolutely. Because he hadn't he hadn't put that kind of pressure on yeah. himself for years, probably, you know, and, and you can't just like you said, turn it on like that because that's what can happen. You're asking your body. You're you're asking your body to do something, um, and you've done it before. It's not like your body is totally inept of it, but but you're asking it to do something at a moment's notice, and you're asking it to go full speed. And you apply that. You put that uh, along with the the joint pressure of playing against another human being who's about the same comparable size and speed or a weight that you are. I mean, you're asking your body to do a lot in a, in a short amount of time. It, it it's just not that. It's not that simple. It doesn't work that easy. You can't just turn it on, like I said, like a light switch or expect your body to, to answer. And that's why you've seen, in my opinion, that's why you've seen so many guys with soft tissue injuries. No matter how much you yeah. stretch, no matter how much you prepare for it, you got to play it. Granted, the three beers that he had in between uh, the, the uh, top of the inning and when his at-bat came could have played a role as well. I'm not saying that it didn't, but uh, the point is well taken. You can't just ask your body – to go do something, uh, especially at the NFL level, my goodness, um, you know, just at, at a spur of the moment, just like that. By the way, when you're talking about injuries, unfortunately for the Raiders, uh, Richie Incognito went down with a, a leg injury, as did Nicholas Morrow uh, uh, did today's practice. Both had to leave the field. They both got up and walked off the field, um, albeit a little bit gingerly. Uh, they both went into the Raiders trainer's room. Um, uh, with the help of Reggie Scott, the Raiders' uh, great trainer that uh, that runs that whole show over there with with the Rams, and then I did see Richie Incognito when we got back to the uh, to the Raiders' hotel as he was getting off the bus. I saw him walking off the bus. And he was walking fairly uh, gingerly. Did have a smile on his face. Seemed to be upbeat, but you know, unfortunately, it's the name of the game. Even in a joint practice, things like this can happen. So uh, John Gruden, when we talked to him about it, didn't have, you know, much. Obviously, it was only about 20 minutes after practice uh, had ended. So they're going to look into it these next couple of days and see where both players are. But I, I'll tell you this, you know, that's that's the last thing the Raiders want um, right. is to have two starters go down. Right. And to me, Richie Incognito, with this rebuilt offensive line, he provides such certainty and such leadership and that nastiness that I felt like the Raiders missed last year with him out on the field, uh, you just hope that it's not anything that's a long-range type of a deal or even that could keep him out of, of one or two games to start the season. Well, I mean, I will say this. You know, being at the particular junction that we are of the season, it's if, if something has happened, he'll have time to, to rebound before the season starts, I, I think, and unless it's, you know, really severe. But, you know, I agree with you. It, it, look, 
when I sit there and say about contact and talk about you know people playing and, and, and games and stuff like that, I'm saying it tongue in cheek. There there are certain guys out in the football field who probably won't get anything out of preseason. And to me, that's a that's a veteran who's been there and done it before over and over again, mm-hmm. and especially the age of Richie Incognito it comes to mind. But, you right. know, Denzel Good, you know, Colton Miller, those guys, to me, you're going to need some snaps. You're going to need some full-time, full-play full, full play snaps because especially as offensive linemen, I think they're it. they need it. But, you know, quarterback, Derek Carr, you don't need to take chances with Derek Carr. But I think in, in preseason is a perfect opportunity to understand and see what you have out of your backups. Like we saw Nathan Peterman in the first game. You know, I'd like to see, you know, Marcus Mariota. You know what I'm saying? Because you all, not only are you putting on film and you're showing the value because there are teams out there who can use a quarterback that might be able to make a, a trade that you can't, a deal that you can't walk away from. I'm not saying the Raiders should give it up their death, but you put some stuff on film, you see what he, the, the, the guy can do when he's uh, running your offense. That bodes well for your depth and everything else and bodes well, obviously, for your confidence if anything does happen to the starters. Yeah, and I think Marcus is in line to, uh, to hopefully get a significant amount of playing time. You know, he missed last week's game because he had tweaked a leg at that scrimmage that they had at Allegiant Stadium the previous Sunday, so they right. held him out of practice, uh, didn't play on Saturday. But uh, as part of those cuts to get down to 85, the, the, the Raiders waived their fourth-string quarterback. So now they only have three quarterbacks. But in reality, they only have two because you don't figure Derek Carr is going to play much, if at all, on Saturday. So that means that if they, if they drop their fourth quarterback, it's a pretty good sign that they feel like Marcus is good to go on Saturday and we'll get some time on Saturday. And so you split it up uh, between him and, and Nate Peterman. I'd like to see Marcus Mariota out there, Lincoln. So would I. Uh, I think it's important. Yeah, uh, for him, like you said, uh, I think it's important for for the Raiders to kind of get him on the field uh, and 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 get him out there because I, and I do believe this, and I'm going to come back to you on this one. We talked about this a lot last year. It turned out to be a moot point because Marcus was never really healthy throughout the course of the season up until the very last part of the season, and by that time that ship had sailed. But I'm going to circle it back to you again, and I'm going to ask you this again: a healthy Marcus Mariota. Um, in all ways, with his, you know, spiritually, he needed to, to kind of mend a little bit after what happened in Tennessee. Obviously, the body needed to get better as well. But he seems to be right in all facets. If you're the Raiders and you had some trouble in the red zone last year and sometimes in short-guarded situations and situationally, isn't it about time that Marcus Mariota, there was a package that was written in for Marcus Mariota, not all the time, not a bunch of the time, uh, but selectively throughout the course of the game where you can tap into what he brings to the table to benefit this offense in situational football. A reasonable coach and a reasonable person like myself would say yes, but we're not dealing with that. Gruden has an affinity, a loyalty to Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not going to allow anyone else to play in his position knowingly, so you're not going to have a two-quarterback package. It's 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 just not going to happen. It makes Can sense. Can I throw something at you? Yeah, Can I throw something Go ahead, at you. Please. And I just want to ask you: Is this just Derek uh, doing the company line, or is this real? He has mean? insisted that he'd be okay with it to the point where, hey, yeah, I, I if that happens and I got to go out there and play wide receiver in some of the schemes, I want a touchdown pass. I want Marcus to throw me it. He's so so. In other words, and I don't think they'll they'll put themselves in that situation. Although you never know, but. Um, it, it seemed like he was okay with it. And and one of the points that he's made a lot, uh, Derek or uh, Lincoln, is, is, is uh, 
I've done this, I've done that, I've been here, I've been there, I've, 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 I've been the guy, I've thrown for this many yards, I've been in the Pro Bowl, I've, I've done all that, I just want to win right now. If that helps them win, if that puts them in a better position, and, and he even said this, the minute we put that out there, that's going to be on every team's, every defensive coordinator's card the rest of the season. And that's going to take them away from having, even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's for 15 minutes of focusing on the rest of our offense. They will have to account for it in practice. It will be in the back of their head during the game. It'll be something that we can use to our benefit. That's from Derek Hart, Lincoln. Look, I will say this, Vinny. (laughs) I don't doubt Derek Carr as a competitor that he wants to win, that he wants to have success. I don't doubt it for a second. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that he would be doing – he would try to do everything that he could in order to make this team or help this team win. There's no doubt in my mind. But I watched a young man last year who supposedly had a 10-day to two-week injury, growing pull, come back the week later and play. And, yes. and I said to myself, you know, it's not that you have to play – you know, it's not going to change the outcome of the season in many respects. But supposedly being on the shelf for two weeks, I watched him when he pulled it. I watched him when he pulled that groin. I saw when he ran and how he hurt himself. For him to come out a week later after watching what Marcus Mariota did in that Charger game when he went out, for him to come out a week later and to play the way he did, here is a man, in my opinion, that doesn't want to give up his throne. It feels, feels endangered by the play of Marcus Mariota. His spot. Okay, fair okay. enough. Fair now, enough. Now, now what you're fair saying, enough. what you're saying, what you said to me about, you know, I'll do anything possible, I show me. Make it happen. Because he can walk in a group and say, hey, let's put a package in for Mariota on the, goal, on the goal line. Or, you know, short yardage package. Let's do some transition like that. But when I watched Derek Carr in practice, Derek didn't like to share reps with any backup quarterbacks. And I, I've known true. a lot of That's quarterbacks true. like that. Okay, didn't lot of didn't All right, didn't like share gut feeling. See him saying gut feeling. Do you think that they've had that conversation? Who? John Gruden and Derek Carr. No. Do you think John no. Gruden's no? You don't, oh, no. Wow. No. I don't think they had that conversation. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Derek has ever brought it to his attention, Gruden's attention, or talked or brought it up in conversation. I don't think so. No. Because I think we would have seen. What about vice like versa? Has Gruden brought it up to him? Well, I think Gruden Gruden has shown yeah. such a loyalty to Derek. I don't think that's in, in the conversation too. You know, to me, it's like Marcus Mariota is one of those well kept secrets. You know, you're gonna you're gonna put him in the corner until you want to use him, just so you have him. But at the same point, it's not going to come up in conversation. I think it's a mistake. Okay, because I like you would think they would have had a package in. Throwing a little bit of a, a, a you know, a little bit of a, a change up. You know what I'm saying? What, what, what's the harm? You've got a first-round draft. Tro- you got a first pick in the draft. Foreman Hires a tro- trophy winner who's got talent, who showed you in the Charger game he can run the offense. He does what your quarterback, who your starting quarterback doesn't do a lot of. He runs and uses his legs. That's why he's been so high on Nathan Peterman over these years. Because he has an yeah, ability. No, and, and, right. And that's why I th- that's why I actually think this year it, it it has a pretty darn good chance of happening. And and, and this is why because we ask ourselves, and I asked myself last year, why hasn't it happened? Why hasn't it happened? Well, as as I came to find out, 
Um, you know, Marcus Mariota was hurt. He came to Las Vegas, to the Raiders, virtually damaged goods from a couple of injuries, one of which I don't think the Raiders really were that much aware of, um, number one. And number two, he was down in the dumps, Lincoln, like literally down in the dumps after what happened in, in, uh, in Tennessee. So what Lose better way job. to pull him out of the pull him out of that, that mental struggle than have him play? Because we didn't see well, signs of that when he was in the Charger game. Yes, but he was hurt. That remember he went on IR for right. a long time. No, I get it. And, and so, yeah, I think what happened was the ship sailed. It was there wasn't enough time to get him both physically and mentally ready in order to be able to 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 do it that in a meaningful way. I think he's where he needs to be now, and I think John Gruden is. I, I think you're going to see it. Is what I'm saying. I, I, sure I, I do believe so. you're, you're going to see it, but we'll see. Yeah. Because, like you said, you know, John Gruden has a lot of loyalty. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr could be saying one thing uh, to us, but saying a totally different thing to John Gruden. So we'll see. But I think I'm with you. I think it would be smart for the Raiders to tap into that skill set that Marcus Mariota brings. And if you want to bottom line it at this point, Lincoln. He'll have made eleven million dollars over the last two years for for a half for one you know three quarters of play. Man, you figure that you would want to get a little bit out of him more than that. They couldn't last year. He's in a better position to do it this year. I think it would be um, a, a good thing for the Raiders to do that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I love it. I love it, dude. Uh, so he'd be right next to me all the time, like in the locker room. He's like not too far. Um, but, I mean, I love him. I love his energy. Um, I love the, I just love the way he played the game. I mean, he, he has that never quit attitude like wanting to be a better player and um he fly around i mean you can see the confidence in this game i just try to talk to him every chance i get telling me he's doing a good job and just to keep stacking days um so yeah man i'm excited to see a lot of them rookies especially the the, the dbs they, they've been playing pretty good so i try to stay in the air a little bit you know what i'm saying tell him i, I noticed him in just to keep improving that's Raiders running back Josh Jacobs talking about young cornerback Nate Hobbs uh, from the University of Illinois and Lincoln uh, going back to draft night um, or draft day. I think it was Sunday. He was a fifth round pick. So that 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 or, or Saturday, I think it was the last day of the draft. Um, you know, Nate Hobbs shows up on Zoom, our, our Zoom call, and uh, it was almost immediate how. He kind of grabbed your attention. You know how there's some dudes that are just like that, Lincoln, where yeah. you're 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 even on Zoom, you're like, whoa, okay, this this all right, all right okay. And you know, he was talking about uh, the journey that he took uh, to get here. Um, a lot of it was heartbreaking, um, but the tenacity that he showed and uh, the the will to fight and and you know, he, he pro- he's one of those dudes that was talking about. I'm going to remember. Every guy that was drafted ahead of me that I felt like I was better than that got drafted before me uh, and the Raiders are going to get, you know, the great underdog of all time. And and he put it out there and it just seems like I, I just was drawn to that. And in talking to him since there's just something about him and it's not just me. You talk to his teammates. They're like that, dude, there's something there uh, with with Nate Hobbs. And he's got the opportunity of a lifetime right now. Like in Nevin Lawson is quote unquote the listed starter, although 
39 has been taking all the first team reps uh, in these in these practices here at Thousand Oaks. But also, Nevin Lawson's suspended for the first two games of, of this year. So even if he is your starting slot cornerback, he's not going to be out there to start the season, which means Nate Hobbs seems to be in line uh, to get those snaps. Um, an easy, another easy guy uh, to root for. And I know I don't know if you've seen a lot of them outside of that game, but any thoughts on on uh, on that young cornerback uh, from Illinois? Well, you know, I will say this: um, it's it's the Raiders are looking for uh, a nickel corner. They're trying to find out who's going to be the nickel corner because it's a it's a very important position. Um, they failed in free agency uh, trying to find one that's suitable. So they're trying to develop one. And I think Nate Hobbs has a good chance of making this team. Nevin Lawson, as you mentioned, with the suspension and inconsistencies, you don't necessarily know if you can rely on them. So that's why they, they made a you know combined effort. But one of the things that, that has stood out about the way Mayock and Gruden have drafted over the last couple of years, they've had high-character guys, character guys that, that, have, that have shown that they've been hungry, and for the most part, you know, are, are good at, you know, developing to be leaders into leaders roles. So leadership roles. So I, I think Nate's along that line. Now it's still early. There's still a lot of stuff that has to happen. But for the most part, you see the intangibles that, you know, being where, you know, coming from where he did and being drafted where he, he was drafted. He's he's hungry and he's out there to prove prove a lot, as you talked about, a lot of people wrong and prove his value. And that's great. I, I love to see that out of young uh, young guys. All right, Lincoln, uh, you're going to be um, en route to uh, Los Angeles. And are you going to be in LA? You're, I'll yeah, be in LA. You're, uh, you'll... Yeah. Yeah, be okay. There. So uh, you won't be here tomorrow is the bottom line. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on what you hope to see on Saturday, what you think you'll see on Saturday. Uh, and oh, by the way, you're in for a treat uh, in SoFi Stadium. That place is spectacular. I'm sure it is. Uh, I still hold a personal fondness to Allegiant, but that's just me. But, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I'm looking it's a forward to seeing you it. Know, it, it. It's a different, it, it's, yeah. it's a totally different environment. Oh, it. And, um, you know, and, and there's no question that Allegiant is the Raiders' home and it's right. beautiful and spectacular. There's no, and it's Las Vegas. Um, and, and there's no question that SoFi is Los Angeles. It kind of right. worked out the way yeah. it should have yeah. worked out. No doubt. No, here, here's what I'm looking for a, a further. I say if, if, if it's if it's a way to put it into words, an, an expansion and understanding of both offenses for the young guys and defenses for the young guys. You see what I'm saying? Both sides of the ball. And more importantly, to see playing at a high tempo, a high rate of enthusiasm, full speed. As I said earlier in the week when we talked, every coach I ever played for when he came to preseason, he was like, just go, go be, play fast. Do everything you can right. at full speed. And that's what I want to see. I want to see less – Mental errors. We didn't see a whole lot of mistakes in game one, you know, out of the players that played, which was good. Didn't see a whole lot of penalties. Didn't see a whole lot of miscues. But I want to see even less mistakes in game two and even less mistakes in game three. I want to see guys who are hungry to make this football team go out there and give their best effort, if that makes sense. Is there any? Is there anything specific to Alex Leatherwood that, that you would like to see um, in terms of maybe some cleanup from uh, last Saturday? I'm hoping that he plays more square with his shoulders. He got turned quickly in a number of times in, in the game uh, to speed rushes. And that's, you know, look, they're, the edge rushers they're going to be in, that are in this league are really good at that. 
Um, I, I'm hoping to see a little bit better uh, understanding of the offense because there were some mental mistakes. He was there was a couple times I remember him um, checking in with uh, I think it was Lester was next to him, but he was uh, Cotton was uh, looking inside at the linebacker rather than looking at the defensive end. He has to understand, and he'll he'll get this. 95, 98% of the time, your guy's the defensive end. Unless otherwise right. instructed by the center, your guy's the defensive end. And he needs to look at that. He needs to understand that. Um, there was a couple times in the Seahawks game where he was trying to do too much, looking inside whether the linebacker was going to blitz. That's not his responsibility. He needs, to, he needs to understand that. So cut down on the mental errors. But specifically, Adam, just, just growth. I want to see him advance. I want to see him play hard. I want to see him play fast and understand the offense. When you were talking about the, that speed rush uh, a little bit, what, what's the fundamentals that um, need to need to happen in that regard? You have to stay I know the square. mental of looking inside. Yeah, and, yeah no, you have to stay square because you want to try to create as wide of an angle to the uh, to, to to the backfield. What what Alex did a couple of times, he turned his shoulder, he dropped his what we call a bucket step, he dropped his back foot and made himself perpendicular to the line, which cut the corner. To the, angle, to the quarterback. And because a, a majority of this offense is run out of the gun, the shotgun, that automatically puts that guy in the quarterback's lap or forces the quarterback to have to step up. Now, Peterman did a good job pretty much uh, last week of escaping the pressure, you know, taking a couple steps out and then pushing the pocket. But there's sometimes where you're not going to have that luxury, especially if you have a great deal of interior push that's coming from the inside, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And just a reminder, uh, I won't be there tomorrow because uh, I will be in Los Angeles, but uh, the show will be um, originating tomorrow uh, back at the uh, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside the Treasure Island. Uh, your boy Q uh, will Q. be holding down the fort there. Absolutely. Uh, I'll be um, here in Los Angeles doing the show from from my end, but we'll be together tomorrow, Q and I, uh, live at the uh, Golden Sports Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. We're there every Friday from 4 to 6. There will be uh, a period here or there where I won't be there because of travel uh, considerations. But nine times out of ten, I'm going to be there. And if you haven't been there, you got to check it out. It's free parking, which obviously that goes a long way. There's a 60-foot video wall that's unbelievable. Uh, they've got great drink specials uh, all night long. $18 domestic beer pitches. Pitchers, $10 cocktails, $8 draft beers, great food, great atmosphere. And if you like to play the ponies or whatever it is that you might, uh, I'm not uh, telling you to do one thing or the other, uh, but there's a place to go have some fun uh, wagering in that regard. It's a sports book, so uh, you do the math. Uh, so hopefully you guys will get out there uh, and support us. It's a great place to be. Uh, Q will be there. I'll be here in Los Angeles, 4 to 6 tomorrow. I uh, want to say thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. I will talk to you next week, my partner. I uh, can't wait brother. to get your thoughts on Saturday's game. Uh, thanks to Devon Cotton for doing everything that he does back at home base. One of the callers, the listeners, you know that you're why we do it, and we love each and every one of you. Um, and we'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m., with Q over at the Golden Sport Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside the Treasure Island. Check you guys out tomorrow in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embodidor, Raider Nation Radio, 920.